Welcome to War Games. We will get you ready for your next sales opportunity. Are you looking to win the sales battle? You have joined the right team. Here on the War Games Group, we take the strategies and mindsets from the most successful salespeople and share it with you. With our help, you won't have to fail your way to the top. When it comes to crossing the minefield of sales, step in the footprints of those that crossed before you. Prepare yourself for boot camp and beyond. It's time for War Games to begin. Happy Wednesday, Wargamers. Joe Ingram, your host. Um, as usual, I'm going to start off by saying how excited I am by the guests that I get to have on the show for all of you today. Um, I want to thank you guys out on LinkedIn, the ones out on YouTube that are watching, and everybody who's watching the replay. So I, th the best thing that has happened to me in a long time, okay, besides, you know, my bride, we'll leave that out there because if not, I get in trouble. So um, we're going to say that reading books and finding people that resonate with you is a, absolutely a game changer when it comes to your ability to produce and produce effective results in both your personal life and your business life. Now, you know, I focus on sales and that's what I enjoy doing. And so I'm going to grab Natalie because Natalie's one of the VIPs that popped up here today. I got other people that'll be coming in too. Um, and the the one of the greatest things I've got for you today is someone who has absolutely mastered sales in their world to the tune of one book series at 500 million, which sounds so much better when you say half a billion because there's a B in there. Okay. And that's what makes it amazing when you look at it. Um, I am bringing up on to the show, the author of Ask, okay, which is crossing the, the bridge from your dreams to your destiny. And I want to ask some, some questions. And I got I got busy with the book. And the book, this is one of those books that when you read it, there are exercises for you to do. So it's not a sit down and just read a book and do that. And I'm going to hit other questions as we come through because I wrote them all down. And so I invited Mark Victor Hansen up onto the show today. And so I want to say, Mark, switch with me. So that way you get the big screen that's over here. But welcome, Mark Victor Hansen. So you, Joe and, and Natalie, I'm elated to be with you because I think the most important thing for everyone to learn right now is exactly what you teach, which is selling, which remember, I'm Danish. So it means and it comes out of the word selji, which means to serve. And then the greatest amongst you is servant of all. So the point is, everybody can learn to sell and everybody needs to learn how to sell. And in the poorest country in the world, my friend Mahatma, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, I, I studied in India, but that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Bangladesh. Uh, Muhammad, Dr. Mohammed Yunus, Nobel Prize winner, started uh, microcredit, microfinance. And, and he says everyone's got a sales entrepreneur in them that they got to release. And we're going into the toughest economic times. We are talking about before we began, and I know I'm going fast, but everybody turn up your uh, speed of listening because... You need to learn how to sell. I don't care what you do. If you're a garbage man, you need to know how to sell. If you're a teacher, you need to know how to sell. If you're a CPA or whatever you are, you need to know how to sell. Agreed. And I love that. And one of the things, so I, I usually go about things a lot different. So my slogan, Mark, is never be normal because normal people get normal paychecks. <laughs> we, we definitely don't want to do things the normal way and go, let's start at the beginning. So one of the things that uh, in the book that I found really interesting 
And if I had the video, I would definitely sh share it on here, but it'll slow down. But um, it's funny because I, I got my little Amazon lady, the one that sits in the little box on my, on my dresser. I have a video. I sent it to you on Facebook, but it was, I said notifications. And then my lovely bride has joined us here now. Mark Victor Hansen, that's Netta down there. In the hey, bottom. Netta, nice to see you. So <laughs> I, I remember saying to it, notifications, and it said, ask, Mark Victor Hansen's book, right, has arrived. And I was like, yes, but I actually had the recording of that from like last year when I got the book when it first came out. But I was like, yes, this is it. It's on here. So I do have it. We have it. But when I look at this, one of the things I want to ask you, too, is um, going through it. You say to us, if you are alive, if you're alive, you have a destiny. OK, so if you're alive and you have a destiny, can you dig a little deeper onto what you define the destiny to be? Well, first of all, everyone's got a destiny. And for the most part, like every success book you read, it's hidden inside you. The acres of diamonds, to use Conwell's term. And we're saying in the book, you got to ask yourself, ask others and ask God. But let's go to the high spiritual level first. And you got to say, we believe you're coded at birth with a destiny. I mean, that's a code. You chose to be in here. That's why the Bible says, uh, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you in Jeremiah. But the point is, you say to yourself a hundred times before you go to sleep, God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? Before you go to sleep, you're going to deep sleep, but there's no noise when you do that. And you're going to wake up in the middle of the night. So you got to tell your sweetikins, hey, I just listened to this guy, Mark Victor Hansen. He might be nuts, but he told me I had to have a pen and paper or some computing device so I can record because God's going to tell me when I wake up at 258 in the morning, it's going to be dang inconvenient. I'm going to have to turn on light and write down what my destiny is. Now, it works the same for sales. When, you know, I went bankrupt, I did some seminars back in 1974. So I've been doing this almost 50 years. And I said, $400. Then you want $400 times 250 workdays, 100 grand. Today, you just change it to 4,000 a day. But I said 400, 400, 400. I woke up in the middle of the night. I had a name, Bill Widener, never heard of him. A company I'd never heard of. I was training in the life insurance business like State Farm and, and uh, you know, Mutual Benefit and all kinds of big guys, uh, Lincoln Life, all of them. But I never heard of uh, State Mutual. The next day, I'm on cold calling and at lunchtime, I see this thing. It says, go widen your state mutual because your subconscious knows everything. You go from physical to mental. And school, unfortunately, only teaches brain. Mind teaches you how to use your imagination and intuition. But there's a bigger part of you that's unlimited called soul. And that's why I've written all those chicken soup with the soul books and, and 318 soul books. And say, look, this soul thing is bigger. It is always operative. It operates 24-7. 365 since before you're born. And if you send that out, you will have the answer come back. That's the guarantee of the universe. Was that the answer you're looking for? Or do you want a different answer? No, that's brilliant. No, that was brilliant. I love it. So um, when you sit back and you look in and you say this, I know that there's the seven things that are going to keep people from asking. But right. when I look at this, one of the things that you had brought up, um, you and Crystal both had said, people are thinking too little when it comes right. to to what it is they're asking and what they're doing. So I'd rather jump over there before we go and say what's holding them back from asking. But when I look at it and go, what what does it mean that I'm thinking too little? I and mean, what causes it? 
Well, the question we say, the size of your question determines the size of your results. So when I said I want to make 100 grand, my subconscious figured out how to make 100. When I sat with the world's best salesman at the time, who was on the cover of Forbes magazine and all that, Ben Feldman, he sold more insurance than 1,500 of the 1,800 insurance companies. He said, look, Mark, if your kid's life depended, could you make $4,000 in a day? Because 4,000 times 254 days a million a year. I said, yeah. He said, well, then pretend your kid's life depends on it. Come on, next tomorrow, go make four grand. And, and I immediately jumped to making a million a year. So the, the size of your question, if you ask a little question, like, how am I going to live? Or how am I not going to go bankrupt? Because originally, remember, I went bankrupt in 1973 because I, I was reading all the bad news fit to print, living in New York. I built the Wall Street Racket Club, Botanica Gardens, Aviaries. I was doing $2 million of gross dollars a year. I thought I was a hot shot. And then the oil embargo hit. And they wrote checks so big your banks could bounce. And I was so low, I had to reach up to touch bottom. But I asked, what if I go bankrupt? I go to the world's biggest library, New York Public Library, check out a book, How to Go Bankrupt by Yourself. Wrong thinking gets wrong results. Little thinking gets little results. Big thinking gets big results. When I wrote what we would do with uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, uh, I wrote down, we're going to sell a billion books. Well, that's thinking big. 144 publishers. Just done. I look at it from their eyes and I say, Holy cow, they thought Mark was a whack job. But now I'm a half billion up, and, and I've still got people who say, well, no one's ever sold a billion, and you can't either. Well, I'm going to do it. First of all, I'm going to live the 127th options for renewal because you got to ask yourself how long you want to live because you don't want to volunteer for death because most people are so silly. They say, well, mom died at 66, dad died at 76, so I'll die in between. How dumb is that? You don't need to cooperate to death. You need to go on the opposite and be an anti-ager. You know, I'm 74 years young, and I'm going to live to be 127, as I said, but I'm doing all the right vitamins. I exercise for an hour today. I'm as solid as a rock. I got lots of good friends that, uh, you know, because you got to have friends. That's one of the four. You got to have money, freedom, time, freedom, relationship, freedom. And then most importantly, this destiny code is what's your purpose, freedom? What are you passionately on purpose about that's meaningful? Not me. I just want to get a job and sell. No. What do you what would make your heart sing? What would put the wind beneath your wings? What would take you into soaring heights, the likes of which no one's ever seen before, because there's real problems to solve and lots of money to be made. Absolutely. And I, I remember seeing in another document you were on or another show where you said you, you asked the question about what is it I can do to affect a billion people in the next 10 years? Right. right. And, so, and I'm just I'm sitting there going, OK, how can I affect a billion people? How can I affect a billion people? Somebody asked me the other day and said, what, what is the purpose? What is it you do? And I said, I literally go for impact. I said, when I go in and I train people, I love it when the eye flickers and you know you've changed them for life. Whether it's in the realm of sales or it's in belief or mindset, things along those ways, that's what I look for when I'm in training. And now I look and I go, well, based on what Mark said, I'm thinking too little because I got to get I got to get myself in front of the audiences and go crazy and, you know, make sure I can create the impact of a billion people over the next 10 years that comes. And up. by the way, that's why we created the Mark Victor Hanson library dot com, because we help people do impact books. I'll just give you an example of one that if you go to our website, you can look at Crystal. I, my beloved, beautiful, wise wife, who just uh, is a goddess of exquisiteness. Uh, and I were down talking in Houston to 700 people at the rebel capitalist meeting. George Damon's deal. And, and a little kid comes up to me shaking at night after we talked to 700 people. And I said, what are you shaking about? He said, you're world's best-selling author and you intimidate me. 
I said, look, kid, I couldn't intimidate anyone, but somebody like you, I certainly couldn't intimidate. So what's your story? He says, well, I'm uh, 14 years old and I'm worth $843,000. I said, excuse me? He said, I started, I took the real estate test at eight years old in Ohio. I bought my first house by shoveling snow, going up to my neighbor saying, can I shovel your house? Made $1,000, bought the first $10,000 home. Uh, I, author, owner carry back. He said, I now own 60 homes. I'm worth 843000 I said, boy, we got to do a book on you. And we ghost write or a ghost edit books for people because our, our motto and our every salesperson has got to have his brand because a brand is exponential. Marketing is just linear. Linear is you take 30 steps and you're 30 steps down. Exponential is every time you do it, you go two, four, eight, 16, 32, one dollar in 30 multiplications becomes $1 billion. And, and every salesperson ought to figure out how they're going to sell to a billion people. And they might have to change product, but for sure they've got to change your head because right. to double your income from 100 to 200,000, you work You can't work hard enough to go to a million a month and then a million a year, a million a year, a million a month, and then figure out how to make a billion. That takes what Napoleon Hill said, think and grow rich, or my book, How to Think Bigger Than Never Thought You Could Think, right uh, there. How to Think Bigger Than Never Thought You Could Think, right? Or my other book on the other side, One Minute Millionaire, where we teach people to make a million in 90 days because you're not supposed to waste the rest of your life. Well, I'm going to make a million during my lifetime. You can't retire on a million today. You're going to be broke. Investing in investing in you for the, I forgot off my phone, sorry. Investing in you for the poor is not one of them. Yes, I think bigger. Am I going too fast? I just not at all. I, I, yeah, exactly. No, I love it. It's because it's a passion, right? And when passion involves, speed increases. So that's that's a good thing. So uh, Pamela Aubrey is out here. She says, "I read the book Ask the Bridge when it first came out. I now use this method of asking. It's become a daily practice to ask better questions, and it works." Yay. We want, by the way, we want everyone to get two copies, one for you and one for whoever your Sweetiekins is, your mastermind partner, your church temple, ashram, mosque partner, you know, whoever it is, your entrepreneurial partner, whatever it is that, and, and go over all 178 questions. Back to your first question, how do you know your destiny code? We lock it down because of those seven roadblocks, which we'll talk about in a minute, but what happens is we, we don't feel worthy. We don't feel good enough. I can't make a million dollars. What would people say if I really became rich and I had a great house and I drove around in a Rolls Royce? Well, you can do all that stuff and you can have more fun. Yacht, whatever you wind your clock, buy exotic watches. I don't know what winds your clock, but there's something that you are here to do. And the, my friend Jeff Hoffman, who just took Priceline from $1 billion to $90 billion, right? He and I were together all last Thursday, Crystal I and he and his lady. And uh, it's amazing. And Jeff says, hey, look, success is a platform for more success. So you don't get to retire. Everyone says, well, when I'm 52 or 72 or 82, I'm going to retire and I'm going to have a million dollars. No, no. That gets you in the game. Now the game right. is score big. And have a lot of money so you can go help people that can't help. Chris, you're chairman of Child Hub. We got to help get 11 million kids out of abuse and neglect. Well, you know, it's a big organization. We're just a little part of it. We just have to be the spokesperson and all that. But we got them to think even bigger than they're thinking. Like we're building a billion dollar 
site. And the two ladies that run this are 84. They started back with Bob Hope and the USO. What I'm saying is you are here so you take the blinders off and then get other people to take the blinders off because, you know, all those publishers that turned me down, they had blinders on. They go, right? Rah, rah, re, kick them in the knee. Rah, 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 mm -hmm. kick them in the other knee. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yes. And Jeff, Jeff is the one that also has that great story about helping the, the lady that was living in the, the the house, the abuse house that was there. And then all of a sudden, you know, the I have lack of trust. I have all that. I was with him at another event and I was just it was just amazing. But his his big thing was what? Hey, I had the money to do this, to help them to get them out of this. If I hadn't done everything prior, I wouldn't have been able to help and make the difference that comes That's in. That's exactly right, because most people were complaining, well, you're so rich, why don't you retire? Well, he invented he invented Priceline, he invented kiosks, he's, he's invented a lot of stuff, and now he's helping global entrepreneurs, and, and obviously we're part of his initiatives and, and doing his book, and we're exceedingly close friends. Let me just tell you that there's nothing that Jeff's done or touched that I wouldn't, A, support, and B, help with just because he is do you know the jewish term mensch he's a mensch yes he's got it together knows he's got it together and his results click and then and if you're a salesperson that's why you got to stay honest you got to be likable you got to yeah. be trustworthy and and you got to go source and serve somebody even when it doesn't help you in any way and and not helping you in any way i want to go deeper on when i was bankrupt and knocking on doors to sell seminars i read emerson Say a compensation. First line didn't make any sense to me, and now I can explain. It, but it said every act is its own reward. God dang, that's dumb. That's really esoteric. Come on, Ralph, what the hell are you talking about? Every act is its own reward. Well, if nowadays I ask somebody to do a book with us because we've got like seven major billionaires doing books with us, like the Mitzi Purdue of, of Purdue Chicken. You know, they do twenty-two million chickens a week and stuff like that. If you ask somebody to do it, you may not get that person to buy, but you've opened up a sale that's in, remember, the soul thing is bigger than you. You can't ask without receiving. It's like you can't, ask, walking down the street when I was in graduate school with Bucky Fuller, Einstein's best student, Dr. Fuller, said, Mark, you can ask anything and you get the answer within three or four days. What kind of tree is that? I said, I don't know. Turns out three days later, the guy's walking down the street with me and out of nowhere doesn't mean to be answering the question. So that's a, a, a walnut. Or in a sales point of view, I ask every salesman, write down a list of at least 200 people that you want to spend time with, play with, grow with, sell to, be expanded by, make them part of your network. And dang, if they won't show up in your network, and I'll just do an example. My wife and I took a vacation. We're down at the Breakers down in Florida and walking through the lobby and, and who I won the ratio Algier award, which means I came from rags to rich has been a little excessively philanthropic, like all my peers, you get it in the Supreme court, I'm, I'm, I'm. but walking down the court uh, courtyard, there was John Paul DeJoria who started J Paul Mitchell and, and Patron and he's worth 5.6 billion. And Crystal and I were there and I'd ask somebody to buy that didn't buy, do a book with us. And, and he comes up and says, Mark, I'm ready to do my book. Finally, I got to get it done. And, I, and can you do it right away? And I said, John, we can do anything. And he calls three or four days later from Greece. He says, I'm in Greece. Are you done? I said, you haven't even given me all the information. <laughs> but What's the taking is, so long, yeah. Mark? Yeah. Yeah. Every <laughs> act is its own reward. So, yeah, you got to call on 10 people and you get one in 10, and you get two in 10, and then you get 10 out of 10. Ultimately, in a 10 out of 10, come because they come at the end. That's the problem. Most salespeople say, well, nobody bought from me today. Well, did you really make 10 active, real calls 
either by phone or not email. You can't do it. Ultimately, if you're in sales, you got to get face to face, belly button to belly button, toenail to toenail. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we just came through and evidently we were told to told today that there there's no more official pandemic. But we went through where a whole bunch of people. Right. Actually got shut down, got got locked up in their houses, did whatever. But we we got the taste of not not actually being free. And I think when I look at this and I and I was reading through the book again today, because I believe one of the most important things to do is that when you when you're feeling depressed, when you're feeling down, when you're looking at things the wrong way. Right. The the ask is literally the way out. And so I think this book, when you look at it, is, is sitting down saying, look, you've been through some crap. You came out the other side. Now we're sitting here going through ask because we're not we're not asking. And a lot of times we feel for whatever reason, there's a reason we don't ask. And so if we're not asking, my question is, OK, why is what's holding us back from asking for what it is we're looking for. And again, in the book, you can read it and go through, but that's asking of yourself, asking from others and Absolutely asking God. from higher power. Yeah. So, so two answers. First of all, I do YouTubes every day called Mark's Minutes. And, and we just did one on the first part. You've asked a two part question, but the first part is, did the COVID confinement cocoon depress us? That's correct. But remember, there's always a polarity in the universe. So if you get depressed, if you think right, talk right, act right, ask right, meet the right people, get the right results, hang out with doers that are doing now, you will be expressed. And God in you wants to be expressed, not depressed. You are, all of us were born over endowed with more talent, more ability, more skills, more potential than we ever use. So then the thing that stops us, what we said in the second chapter of the book is seven roadblocks. And the first one is obviously unworthiness. And all of us have some of them some of the time. Some of us have all of them, right? right. But you got to look at them. And, and we did them. We interviewed 26 superstars on, on unworthiness. We did a guy I've owned two companies with, Bob Proctor, who just passed away, unfortunately, because he got the shot. And then, you know, he was 86. And he was going to live to be 100. But Bobby and I were very close. Uh, you know, he wrote forward to a couple of my books. We owned the 3% Club and, and Million Dollar Forum and just, killed it and did a lot of fun. And now his company is going on and I'm helping his family and his partner, Sandy Gallagher. Anyhow, so unworthiness is one of the things that I can go deep on what he really did. You've got to, you've got to come overcome fear, which is false evidence appearing as real as the old cliche, right? Confront your fears, make it disappear is what FDR had written by Dr. Napoleon Hill in 1937 during, he did all the fireside chats, Hill did. You've got to overcome, um, disconnection and now most people say well i'm connected because i'm on the phone all day or I'm, I'm reading my emails well i did a whole marks man my scholarly i'm scholarly and elon musk elon musk said he used to wake up in the first 20 minutes look at his iphone and it screwed up his whole day so now he exercises first so you stay healthy because everybody's got to exercise every day and guys as big as me six four and 240 it's really got to exercise a lot just to stay fit. I mean, anybody who doesn't gets crooked and scoliosis, all kinds of stuff. So you, you've got to decide that you don't have excusology as one of them. I mean, I can go into each one of them at depth, and we got a story with each one, and I obviously know the story. But let me just do one more story about that. Yeah, do you know please. who Jim Stovall is? Jim who? Jim Stovall. 
Jim Stovall wrote a great book called The Ultimate Gift. Charlie Tremendous Jones sends me the book and said, look, I know you're selling 15 million books a year. You're busier than you can ever be. You hardly have time to take a breath, but this is going to be the best book you ever wrote, and, and you've got to write forward to it because you're my friend, and I've never asked you to help out a blind guy before, but this guy's blind. I need to help. I read the book, The Ultimate Gift. I said, Stovall went blind at 19 years old, amazing human being, goes, lives in, incarcerated because he was going to be a champion football player. He was recruited by the NFL. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. And, and then they check him out. And they say, oh, man, the doctor says, you bad. Ooh, you're going to be permanently blind in six months, no more. And so he's locked in, self-incarcerated in a room at his home, not knowing what to do with himself, nine by 12 room. He's got a radio. He's got a television. He's got a telephone. His parents say, look, you're grumbling and moaning. You're six foot six. Get your butt out of here. Go down to the blind association. See if they can help. Sits with a woman, Kathy. And, and uh, he says, you know, I used to love to watch TV and movies and, and see somebody throws a right hook. Somebody ought to do something about that and tell us blind people how to do it. Well, she hits him in the ribs. She's a, a blind stenographer in court. Says, why can't we do it? They started, look at it. I got goosebumps. That's mm -hmm. the corroboration of truth. Says they started narrative TV. They got more people than Netflix. 14 million blind people around the world for narrative TV. Well, I didn't know that when I wrote the forward to his book, but I wrote the forward to his book and the endorsement in the back. And I said, look, this is a blind guy who can see. This is a blind guy who has the most wisdom I've seen. This right. has got to be a movie. Well, because I said that, he did the movie and then did the sequels. The movies made $100 million. I'd never met the guy. We talked on the phone at least once a month because I found him so genius. And, and he was like my advisor and free. And I was his advisor, free. And uh, so we were over in Tulsa doing a talk with 4,000 people, a big rally not long ago. And, and he said, well, you got to come to my house and eat dinner. And he said... Listen, when Mark Victor Hansen talked, the world listened like E.F. Hutton in the old days. He said, you helped me make $100 million. And look, I now write books, Mark, that I can't read. And I make movies that I can't watch. And I'm in every one of my movies. The last one I, I did, uh, it was Top of the Hill about Napoleon Hill. He said, I wore glasses and I pretended that I was driving a limo, although I can't drive. I can't see anything. <laughs> What am I, ladies and gentlemen, what that kind of story does is get you out of your excuseology, out of your pity party, out of, oh, poor me, man, I got a pimple and I can't go to school today. I'm 13 years old and all the guys will think I'm ugly or all the girls will think I'm dopey or whatever, the, 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 you know, right. but to school. That's amazing. I love that. And again, we do. It's self-limiting, right? We're out here just limiting ourselves with what we do. I know that um, you're your grandchild uh, Everett was the one that wanted to be the writer who started writing when he was three and making his own books. And I look and to me, I'm like, look at the impact that grandpa had on him, right? The pappy to come in and say, this is what I do for to open the, the creative mind at the time where it's most creative, I think is phenomenal because again, if you weren't this, look at all the books, this is what grandpa wrote, then it wouldn't, might not have been even a possibility to say writing is the best thing for you, even at this age. And so, so everybody gets included in the story. We own a company called naturalpowerconcepts.com. We're a device company that does pop-up windmills. We do pulsating waves so we can create water, energy. We can solve all the problems of the world because energy is the number one problem. That's E equals MC squared. E is all the energy, universe in two forms, either C as as uh, light or M as matter, something solid. 
Anyhow, so we're in Hawaii with our company is headquartered in Oahu, which is one nice place to suffer and go to. And right, you poor on thing. The beach after after meetings, and and all of a sudden the phone rings, and little Everett at the time is six years old, and he's only allowed to call grandpa and grandma and his parents. So I got this thing, you know, it's we, you and I grew up with the Dick Tracy watch. Remember those? Yes, Dick absolutely. Right. <laughs> Well, this yep. kid's talking into his watch, and I knew it was him. And I said, what is it? He says, Grampy, are you alone? I said, no, there's probably 2,000 people on the beach here. This is three years ago now. I said, there's a few. But he said, is Mimi, uh, Crystal with you? I said, yep, yep, we're together. Said, and I'm worried that something happened with the dad or you know, right. mom or, or his sister or brother. And I said, what is it? He said, you still writing those best-selling books? I said, yes, sir, I'll never stop. He said, can I write the next book with you? <laughs> Look at Crystal, and we're listening on the speaker, and I go, hot dang, man, a six-year-old wants to write with us. Just so you all know out there, this kid is so precocious. He, he takes all the sports, but he's exceedingly good at basketball, exceedingly good at baseball uh, and martial arts and all that. Uh, but at six years old, his coach is a physiology teacher, and originally I, Grandpa was going to be a doctor of physiology, so I'm pretty keen on it myself. But he memorizes at six years old every bodily part. We're at Easter and the head of Mayo Clinic. Now there's two Mayo's and the bigger one is right here in Scottsdale. It's called Mayo Clinic and they do $18 billion a year. And uh, he's at the same party I am on Easter. And I said to Dr. Bernardo, I said, man, you got to see what my grandkid does. He said, what can he do? I said, watch this. Come here, Ev. And Ev, just do the whole, every physiological part in your body. And he goes through it. And the guy goes, how old are you, kid? Because he said, my doctors don't know that. He says, would you come over to Mayo Clinic and bring your grandkid. Now, kids are not allowed into a research lab like this. This is where right. they're doing a artificial intelligence, AI on aneurysm and some more esoteric terms, but I'll leave it at that one. He goes through it with 20 doctors. They're all blown away. They said, gosh, I couldn't do that. I, I'm supposed to know all this stuff. Bernardo says, hey, would you let him play with our AI machine and see if he can do an aneurysm operation? First time he messes, second time he hits it perfect. He said, that's impossible. My doctors take 100 times. I said, that's because they're polluted with all the noise of the world. This kid's got no pollution. This kid, you know, talks. He can ask anything he wants, anytime, 24-7 to Mimi, Grammy, me, and his parents are really, uh, I'm very thankful to say we got great kids. And, and, you know, we work hard on having great kids. Yes. So Pamela's getting chills. Pamela's chill. That's exactly I want every kid to give their parents chills because they got to know how to AFK to GET what they want. We've made that an acronym. Ask, seek, knock, but Crystal came up with it. Get every treasure because you're here to have a treasurable life. You're here to have fundamental joy. You're here to have fulfillment and fulfillment. Like for me, it's thrilling to be on with you all, Natalie and, and Joe and, and Ada and, and all the viewers hopefully around the world. And I hope you guys keep growing it because the world's going to need to know how to sell. If I could ask all of you to get one skill mastered in the next month, watch every one of Joe's shows and mass, become a master salesperson. Anyone can do it. And I, I'm going to say as young as my uh, six-year-old grandson, I'm going to do it. I've never done it that young before. It's six up to, and, and some of you say, well, I'm a hundred and I don't need to do it. Yes, you do. You Grandma do. Moses started painting at 101 and, she kicked ass until she was yeah. 100. Whoops, is that bad to say that? Not at all. No. Hell no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have that one. We're good. So um, one of the things, so I, I heard this the other day, and I just, it, it makes, it resonates really well with the Ask book. 
is that everybody is best equipped to help the previous version of themselves. And so, and when I look at it, you are writing a book based off of where you're at and where you're at is helping the previous version of you. And that's what's resonating with everybody that's out, out there today because we all share such similar items. And I, and I look at it and I go, does, does that make sense to you as far as what, what you're able to do based on every book you've got on the bookshelf behind you? Yeah. Let, let me answer it with an experience. So when Crystal and I were falling in love long ago, we're sitting back at, in Costa Mesa at, at uh, Mother's Market. And there's a man of the cloth next to us with a white collar. And you can see he was a big cheese. So we're just in love, right? And the guy leans in and said, do you know what it takes to stay married happily for your whole life? I didn't want to talk to him, but he's asking a question. So I'm, I'm, I say, yes, of course. He said, well, I'm head of Billy Graham's Relationship Ministries, and I've been doing this for 70 years. I'm 92 years old. And he said, there's only one thing that works. I said, okay, sir, what's that? He said, every day you got to pray out loud with your spouse in the morning and at night. Crystal and I had prayed at churches, at funerals, at holy man jams, but never out loud with each other. So now we meditate and pray every day. And this is going to answer your question in a, in a more comprehensive way. The first story in this book, which everyone will fall in love with, is, is called The Fable of Michaela. Now, the Fable of Michaela is written from her prophetic dreams. And that's why when people read it, they go, that's my story. I mean, we go on Ed Millette's show, and, and Ed Millette said, your book didn't arrive, and I'm going to interview you, and you're really important to me. You've really inspired me, and you've helped me make a half billion dollars, and humma, humma, humma with all the books you've read. And, and suddenly, I don't know the book. I asked my little daughter, do you have that book? said, yeah, I took it, Dad. I read it. I love it. He said, so I had to stay up all night reading the book. <laughs> Anyhow, Crystal writes this thing. It is so profound that we get a Hollywood agent, and the agent sells it to a company that is, curiously enough, headquartered right here in Scottsdale. They did the two of the 10 top movies last year. You've probably seen them, God's Not Dead. And the other one is Father Stu with uh, Wahlberg. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, so we go in there, and the first thing the guy said is, we want to make it. We want to make it next April. Some of you are going to be watching this. It'll all be out already because you'll be watching it years from now. But And and uh, we'd been to uh, Malta three years ago. And when we were there, we said, Crystal, this is it. This is where we've got to film. Yours is 1544. There's a castle. This is Winston Churchill, my favorite speaker's favorite place. There's statues of them everywhere. And the first thing the guy says is we're going to film it in Malta. And there's a guy on a big screen in Malta then making their moves. And it was just wow. So like they believe it. I mean, what happens is, in answer to your question, if you will ask wisely, I sign all the books when I have time, ask wisely with love, because you're here to have fundamental wisdom. But most people are told, Joe, if a PhD didn't say that, what do we know? What do you know? Hell, you've got experience in sales that nobody else has got. You are eclectically wise, and you need to keep sharing it. And you've done, by the way, when you start with that um, iconic, pictures of everybody joe soto and, and ken walls all those guys every every one of those people are friends of mine i mean people right. say how could you really know this many people i said you go do seven thousand live seminars to, to tens of millions of people you start to know a few people and usually it's the people at the top that are up on stage with me you know it's just right you, those, you, that's where you get to spend your time <laughs> yeah so, well you said on one of them right there's there's when you met uh crystal you said there's two thousand people here that all want two minutes with me can we step out, right, to dinner? One of the things I want to say, because I know we're, we're pressed on time and I don't want to take up most of your day, but 
you came up with 267 things to find your next spouse, right? And so, so, so I went through a very painful and expensive, arduous divorce. And I said, well, look, if you can ask for and get everything you want, I want to write down all the qualities, all the values, all the virtues. Now, I got to be them before I can ask for them. But, you know, and, and we, by the way, this is a 20th anniversary issue of, of Chicken Soup. You can get it anywhere. Um, it's everywhere and still selling like crazy. But I wrote down the 267 things and I put them in the book, you know, uh, about my ideal soulmate, the whole story of how we met, because it's pretty cool. But uh, I don't know if you can see any of those, but you can, yep. you know, I'll just read a few. Did, she had to be a superb conversationalist, right? I don't want somebody that's boring. I mean, Crystal and I are together 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> we travel around the world. Why would you want anyone born? She has to have a great personality. Because the danger is, because I'm, I'm a motor mouth, I, I overrun most people. I can't overrun her. She's got to be slender and radiantly healthy. She's got to be fit herself. She has to have her own money because I had I was rich and divorced for a long time. So a lot of people wanted to marry me for my wallet. And they thought I was stupid. They thought, I'd oh, marry you for your wallet. He's not that smart. He's going to give me his checkbook. Not a chance. <laughs> right? Likes my business because it, business is important to me. Right? And, and uh, you know, meditates, has her own spiritual practice. And then the negatives would be non-smoker, non-alcoholic, non-drug user. She's got to show me her own charitability. She was 267 on 267. I thought, that is impossible. It can't happen. It doesn't right. exist. And all of a sudden, I'm doing this talk called Author 101. And she's in, and she, like I said, she's a goddess of exquisiteness. She just radiates out and emanates out. Everybody's got an aura. You can take pictures, curling and photos. But I could see her. I mean, it was just emanating three feet out of her body. And I thought, it was purple and white. And I thought, wow, that's cool. I said to a guy who knew her, I said, is she married? So, nah, she got divorced. Uh, I said, wow, that's good. So that night we're at, at uh, the VIP where people pay 500 bucks extra so they get to be with the other speakers and myself. Right. And uh, I'm over there with a throng of people around me. and But I'm seeing her over in a corner. And a lady inadvertently, we later met her from uh, from. Um, El Salvador, wipes out a glass of red wine all over a white pants. I parted the Red Sea, so to speak, went over, grabbed her hands, and I, I worked this hotel a lot. I know where the club soda is. Let me get there. And then we're done with that. And then back to what you said, I said, can we go out to dinner? But it's like 930 on a Saturday night. I can't. We can't stay here because there's a thousand people that want two minutes of my time. It ain't going to happen. She said, okay, uh, we go to the top restaurant in Hollywood. Oh, my gosh. There's like 50 people in line. I go, a $100 bill won't get in. So I said, well, I asked. Let's just float this. And I grab her hand. I said, let's go. Well, the guy sees her. Look, we're trying this. Out of every poor of being. And says, okay, I give up. Who is she? Remember, a question is everything, people. That's why I got to read this book. Ask. I said, you don't recognize her? Now the guy's head's gone full tilt boogie through Vogue magazine and People magazine and Hello and in style. And he's going, I know she's somebody because she has that countenance because everyone's countenance is developed by themselves. That's why Emerson said, who you are, speak so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. If you go into a sale and you go, oh, my God, I'm going to try to And I no, 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 he's not going to. Hell, you know you're not going to buy before I get close to you because you can see that I've threatened myself. Anyhow, this guy says, okay, who is she? Now, we're both of Danish descent, so I'm screwing around. I said, She's a queen of Denmark. Well, of course, he says, no, she's not. And he says, oh, my God, she is. Who are you? Back to question. And we're goofing around. But I say, who travels with the queen? 
He said, oh my God, you're the king. Hold on one second. And like that, we had the table. And now we can't tell them that we're goofing. Right. But, but we just fell in love and, and, and never stopped asking each other glorious questions. And, and look, we really believe everybody is here to have an extraordinary life. If you're having an ordinary life or a boring life, that means you're boring and on, on excited. I'm excited about everything I'm doing, and I'm involved in a lot of stuff. Most people say, why do you work? You're really rich. I am, but why? <laughs> there's nothing better to do. I still do everything else. I travel a lot. We ski. We swim. We dive. We climb all, I've climbed Kilimanjaro. I've climbed Machu Picchu. I've climbed Fuji. I've climbed Humphreys here. I've climbed Whitney in America. I mean, there's nothing I can't do that I want to do. Right. And you're still creating the impact everywhere bigger than ever because i really believe this question that we wrote is what are you going to do to affect a billion people and now that you've all heard that question let me tell you the suffering joe's having he's got to figure it out for himself it's no longer my question he now owns it his wife owns it natalie owns it you own it the question is what am i going to do to positively affect the rest of humanity during my lifetime that is a big ask but you are going to get the answer when the answer comes i do want you to write me at at, uh you know they're yeah, it is. Yeah, askthebookclub.com. We got it on the bottom of the screen here, so you guys can write me there. And and we're going to invite you into a free seminar. We're going to invite you into other seminars I'm doing around the world because seminars have come back. They're bigger than that. Grant Cardone and I were just together, and he said they're going to be more now than ever because people, remember, we were told COVID confinement cocoon would help. We're coming out to uh, become the big butterfly now. Let me just pull this off. This one is it. Well, that didn't work. Right. Um, anyhow, the cover of the, yeah, the, the book is a butterfly because everybody is supposed to get to their butterflyness, right? And get to high flying right. success. Yeah. And some people take longer in the crystallation period, right? Before yeah. they can come out and, and become the butterfly that's there. Yeah. That's fantastic. So um, it was funny. I talked to Grant two weeks ago and said the same. I was asking him, I said, I, I was in LA with Grant at his house up in the hills. And I said, you, I was there the day your, your sister ran in from the pool house and said, it's 35, it's 35. And I was like, and he goes, great, set everything to 35. And I said, what's 35? And he goes, he goes, the number of times I have to post or email or text in a day for people to start unsubscribing or unfollowing me. And I started laughing and we were, we were talking and he starts laughing. He goes, oh, yeah, you remember way back then, Joe. And I was like, absolutely. And I said, but I said, do you still do that today? And he goes, it's still one of my metrics. He goes, nobody believes that it's a real metric that I track. But he sent out 438 million emails to his database last year. And I was yeah, like, by the way, that, what does he say? He says, promote, promote, promote in real estate, location, location, location. Yep. Same deal. There's always a Jim Rowe and I talked all over the world together and did the big seminars and Kyle Wilson looking books and, and uh, you know Rowan said, look, it's always going to come down to three basics. What every industry is three basics. You get it right, right? You talk to enough people, you ask them to buy, and somebody's going to buy, right? But if you don't ask, hey, oh, I couldn't ask him. They're too important. They're too rich. The rich people are the easiest to sell. And just so the rest of you know, there are 22 million multi-millionaires in America today, according to Forbes magazine. There are over 3,000 billionaires 
like in our book company, people come up to me and say, well, I'm going to refinance my car to write a book. No, you ain't writing a book with us, pal. You go get rich first. Read my books like One Minute Millionaire. And if you're a kid, read Richest Kids in America or read that kid's book, Devin, you know, called The Garage. Read any of those books. They'll show you how to do it. Just go do it and then come back. But I'm not letting anyone go broke to write some book with me because if they can't sell that, they're not going to be able to sell a book because we teach the triangle. You have a business or an operation. You've got to have marketing on the left and then you do the book. It's That's the sequence. I'm going to write a book and then I'm going to be famous like you. No, it doesn't work that way. I, I I know I think most of the major famous authors alive today and, and the ones that are recently passed, like my neighbor here was Clive Custer and Og Mandino, and all of us are pals, Rita Davenport. All of us are pals. Right. And again, you did it, and then you wrote about it. It's not about yeah. I'm writing so that I can become the success I'm telling you how to get, because otherwise you'd have to say, go write a book on speculation, and then you'll get <laughs> Right. Yeah. This is what I think will work to get me a millionaire. Yeah. Okay. To be successful. So um, I'm going to throw over Natalie. Any questions for Mark Victor Hansen? I, I'm curious if there's something of valuable lessons you learned later in your career that you wouldn't have expected. Yeah. As I look back on it, I wish, you know, when I, when I was bankrupt and I wrote that first book that I was selling to the insurance life insurance agents, I wrote a book called Stand Up, Speak Out, and Win. And in the first year, I sold 20,000 copies, $10 each, made $200,000. Today, that's equivalent 50 years later uh, uh, to be uh, 2 million. So the only mistake I made is I didn't do enough books fast enough. Now I'm, now I'm cracking out a lot of them. They're better than ever because I, I really believe sports guys are done 35 or 40 the latest and sometimes a little bit beyond that. But I believe those that are still writing and alive and healthy and my peers, like I'm going to the 90th birthday here in Arizona with uh, Harvey McKay in a couple of days with Elton John. And it's, you know, it's gonna, he's, he said, this will be the biggest birthday bash in history. When that, and that's what Bob Proctor is going to have. We're going to have a million people at his Las Vegas party when he turned 114 years later, but he passed away because of stupidness, uh, not him. Um, uh, medical uh, ineptitude, I'll call it. How's that? Because I teach, the only equality is equality of competence. And, and not every doctor's competent, not every lawyer's competent, not every speaker's competent, not every podcaster's competent. So the goal here in life is find your destiny code and then become competent. And the other thing you guys got is genius. And genius, according to, to uh, Michelangelo, is the infinite ability to work hard. Well, people say, do you write on weekends? Well, but I write seven days a week a lot of times. Not every day, but almost every day. And, and I've done doing that. So you start to skill, get more skillful. And, and I got stuff I want to write that no one's ever heard of because I see holes in the market that no one's ever heard of. Like I'm finishing. I, I sh I'm not supposed to use the titles of my book uh, yet, but it, it, just great stuff's happening. And, and we're OK. So so you all get it. We're in the best. You all read it in high school. The best times and worst times. The best of times. You got to put a comma behind that and say it's the best of times if you have the attitude to make it the best. That's the answer, Natalie. Amazing. Amazing. Mrs. Ingram, do you have a question for Mark Victor Hansen? Um, no question. Just I love your love story. That was beautiful. I enjoyed that. Also, right, so let me tell you, so we're in China up until four years ago. They went, they were capitalistically communistic. I sold 374 million books in China. We got paid 75 grand to talk and we wouldn't do it unless we did three talks in a row. So I've been everywhere in China and I love the Chinese people. I do not like the CCP. I do not uh, go them taking over Taiwan right now. America's got to be strong. I'm going to be solid on that. I've got a lot of 
Taiwanese friends. I got a lot of Hong Kongese friends. The richest guy in Hong Kong is a client and a friend. Uh, the guy who owns DHL, Ho Chung. So I want China to get straight, which they're not. They're they're now Maoistically, Leninistically communistic. In any case, we're in China, and it happened to be Crystal's birthday, one of her big birthdays, and a guy found out. And and we're on stage in front of tens of thousands of people, and uh, they brought a silk scroll that everybody signed with wonderful stuff and it was rolled sort of like the old days but each each guy that came out brought roses 99 roses each which is a symbol of love in china and because of that story and then they said i got goosebumps to tell you this they yeah, said, i did too <laughs> they, they said mark uh, because you love crystal so much and she loves you so much we're on camera here and they're like eight cameras i mean they're really video centric i mean we're putting all that up on uh, youtube now they said, you got to carry her out. And I go, holy crap, man. You, you, when you're going by ten to, tens of thousands of people and carrying a woman, there's some downside to it because they all want to slap you on the back. And then the last thing I want to do is get knocked over, right? Right. And, going, oh, yeah, yeah. and we do have 10 bodyguards on each side. But it's they're, 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 by the way, they're not doing it out of anything other than love and respect. And, and chicken soup has touched their soul. Because when I started going to China in 1997, and then I went four times a year for 20 years, is it, is it, I had to sign a thing that I would not talk about Jesus, I would not talk about God, I would not talk about Christ. So I pulled off magic. I pulled off, I said, King Solomon, the richest man of all times, worth $4 trillion. And the, the little guys in the back in the control booth could never edit me because they don't know who the hell King Solomon is. I never heard of this guy that had 20,000 ships coming out of tire. And they don't know that I've written chicken for the soul a Bible, which my publisher would publish, because he said, nobody's going to buy that. There are plenty of Bibles out there. So I said, give me a note. And I took it to uh, to uh, uh, Thomas Nelson in Nashville, and we sold 70000 a week at Walmart. So it was just it was a kick-butt book. So when I'm saying that there's a lot of holes in the market, everyone says, well, you don't need my book. Everybody needs to write their story. Everyone's got a great, unique story that needs to be shared, because you can get to people I can't get to. And, and one final line I'll do here is what Ali, your question is, it the smartest president ever, I think, was Thomas Jefferson. And Jefferson said, hey, look, guys, if my candle's lit, yours isn't lit. You light yours and mine. Don't take anything from mine. But that's how the mind works. An idea from one mind to another world mind makes the other mind brighter and makes maybe more luminescent. Like <laughs> students and friends, like we talked about Jeff Hoffman, right? He's doing way better than me, but he's inspired me to go higher and I'm inspiring him to go higher. It, right. The point is that's where we're obviously the light up and you've got to share your story. Did I overdo that answer for you, Nada? Yes, yes. Excellent. Yes. Okay. Thank you. So Pam Pam asked, what's the one question that can pivot your entire career? Okay, so it has three parts, but you gotta ask yourself, like we say, ask yourself others and God. You gotta ask yourself, what do I really wanna be do? have, see, travel. So it's, it's got some appendages to it, but it, your being values precede your doing value, precede your action value, right? So in the word belief has a secret word in it, L-I-E. So you're either lying yourself up to succeed like you want to, or you're lying yourself down. When I started and I said, I'm going to become a great and inspiring speaker, I wasn't. I, I mumbled. I stupid. I didn't have, follow good outlines. I didn't. I talked too much. And then when I said, I'm going to be world's best-selling author, Jack said, look, I graduated third in class at Harvard. Don't you think some of my guys are going to do it? I said, no, none of them wrote it. I wrote it. And, and I teach the minute you figure out what you want, what do you want to be? 
the minute you put it in writing, it's God's word already. It's, it's called the book of life if you go through the Bible. It, 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 and then you visualize it, like Solomon said, without vision, you perish. With vision, you flourish, right? And then and then you just uh, create a mastermind team. And Andrew Carnegie is the guy who turned me on to this when he wrote, gave Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich in a Mastermind. He said, Jesus never did a miracle, water into wine at Canaan, until he had 12 disciples. When they were together, one and one of the power of 11, they were invincible. They were unstoppable. And one guy goofed it up, a guy named Judas. And you saw how he came to an evil, bad end for him. He right. lost everything he wanted. One of the silver went for the wrong program. But all that was part of the program to have to happen. But everyone has to have a mastermind if you want to have miracles. And, and uh, you know, this this hour that we've spent together, for me, has been miraculous. And, and a miracle is something unexpected. And Einstein, my teacher's teacher, who I'm scholarly in, said, Either everything's a miracle or nothing's a miracle. I believe the former, not the latter. Everything is a miracle. And let's, let's get miraculous. Wake up and pray out loud to, to your sweetie kids and, and see how far you can go, how much you can expand your soul auric energy, right? Absolutely. I thank amazing. you guys for having me on the show. Thank you. No, I, I, I truly appreciate you and every, everything you you got into us. And the best thing is about you pouring into us is that you do it with such amazing stories and grace that it's oh, so easily to uh, absorb the information. And so now I'm going to rethink my book and go through and say, did I, did I put it in the right context in the right way? Cause I got stories, but is it, is it in that right, the right tone to make sure it gets absorbed easily. So, um, Good show. Anything, well, thank anything? you everybody. I hope you'll enjoy this. I hope you'll be kind enough to have me back sometime and also have Crystal Absolutely. at a different time. Yeah. Oh, of course. Would love to have Crystal as well. So I appreciate you so much, Mark. And I'll ask you back to another time. So. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, everybody. Nice talking to you. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Go out and sell something. Thanks. Mm.